Hey there, we're those sci-fi guys, and this is at those sci-fi guys show. Just two working dudes, different jobs, but a whole lot of love for science fiction and the fun that comes with. We are your hosts. I am PS McKay, and maybe this time my microphone will be hooked up correctly. I'm GT Catman, and maybe this time I'll actually get to uh, a topic rather than just uh, not only go off the rails, but just kind of go off on a tangent that was had very little to do with our, the base purpose uh, principles of our <laughs> discussion point. Although many of the comedians we did discuss had some sci-fi leanings at times. This is correct. No, I felt it was fun. I mean, I, I think uh, I think a departure every now and then is is warranted. You know, gotta keep things fresh. Exactly, exactly. So, how are things with you? Uh, things in the house are coming along, but I'm working still a lot of shitty hours, so <clears throat> not as much as I would like. Understood. Yeah, I know. I know the those hours well. Um, I have some good news to report. I was able to actually cast the female, um, uh, the female part in my. Uh, oh gosh, my uh, little uh, audio, audio drama. Uh, drama that I'm doing. So that that is finally a relief. Um, I've been stressing Excellent. out about that. So. I got. I figured it out. I mean, I, I wrote it so that there were only four parts to it, so that it wouldn't be like this huge casting call. Um, because again, wanted to make it simple. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. But so, and I figured out that the narrator could be my old podcast partner. He's got experience and uh, all that stuff, and he's he's got the record. I mean, because it's not just about casting people. You have to make sure they have the recording equipment. You know. <laughs> So, um, so I, I got him to do the narrator. I can do the other little bit part that comes at the end and I can just disguise my voice all Andy circus. Like, um, sure. I could, I could, uh, I mean, you wouldn't know that I was from the South. I wasn't from the South for my other part. So <laughs> I've heard your Southern accent. No one would believe you're from the South. Right. Daniel Craig's southern accent would, is more believable than yours. Uh, these people from the South that uh, took my part, they were like, you did a really good job. So what can I say? What can I say? In fact, they asked me back for more. So <laughs> that being said, that being said, my conundrum, and I'm not going to dwell too much on it, but this is just such a huge relief for me. My conundrum was I needed to find a girl who could sound young ish i mean we're going we're going the 90210 route where they'll sound young but they're adults um and and also who could act and have the recording equipment so this is why i didn't ask my wife to do it because she can't act so <laughs> and you're lucky she doesn't listen to this podcast Oh, I already told her. I told her. I told her uh, Sunday night. I'm like, listen, you might be thinking why I'm not asking you to do this. She's like, no, I I know why you're not. I can't act. <laughs> you know, so. it's it's kind of you're talking about this. It's ironic. Your audio drama actually passed through my mind about an hour ago. I get home. 
I'm in a foul mood. I'm not happy with my job. And then um, my wife and kid are sitting on the couch watching TV. And then my daughter goes, you know, we thought you would actually, you know, I was griping about the job. And they're like, you know, we, we kind of think you'd make a good voice actor. <laughs> <laughs> and the first thing I thought was, you know, Mac is, uh, is apparently it was auditioning people for his audio job. <laughs> <laughs> Did you mention that to them? No. (laughs) Well, the only reason that stopped me, because it crossed my mind, too. Number one, do you feel like you're an actor? Yes, I do, actually. I feel like the (laughs) act. One of the things I I told. I know where you're going. I know where you're going. I don't think you do. So (laughs) I. I actually looked into doing the the duck tours as a narrator. Yeah. And one of the discussions I had with one of the people was, you know, you need to have a persona, like a character. I'm like, what you're talking to right now is my character. (laughs) Okay. This professional persona, this this work-a-day... Go out there and knock it, knock it out, kind of thing. That's my persona. The strange and and bizarre thing that is DT Calfman is actually a bit more <laughs> the real me. So this I would agree with that. Goofy, foul mouth, bizarre, irreverent. That's me. The yeah. button down professional. That's the act. Well, that I mean, you're opening up a can of worms, but yes, to, I, I will. I will. I will attest to your statement, and I'll agree with that. So, okay. That being said, the part that I have that I'm Andy circusing, it's not large, and you might be able to stumble your way through it. That's fine, but we got to get your microphone situation set up, man. So you know, one of the things <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kind of playing with is we've gotten so much more stuff in in the house now and we actually had built-in bookcases put in so maybe on the next one we can try again with the microphone to see if that eliminates some of the reverberation well it's not even it's not even reverberation right it i mean because the microphone would would get rid of that but it, it 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 crystallizes the sound quality so it it almost doesn't sound like you're on a recording. It sounds like you're in the well, room, remember we room tried with the it listener. And he said the echo was just so loud in the place. Right, but I I didn't think that it was the cacophonous area that you were in that was causing it. I felt that the 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 sound settings on the computer weren't accurate. So and what we need to do, and, and 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 you know what, it could be a combination of all of it. Well, in that case, if it's not accurate, if it's if it's modulating me even a little, then there you go. I don't need an accent. I'll let the computer screw me. (laughs) Well, your voice will be heavily modulated and changed. I can guarantee you that uh, just for the nature of the part, which is why I can Andy circus it. So, well, you know, the the funny thing is, you know, I told you I'd been listening to some of the audio dramas of the Star Wars legends lately yeah. on my long drives 
And the guy who did the Thrawn trilogy was superb. Very much, you could tell, was probably a voice actor. Yep. When I listened to the Jedi Academy trilogy, which was basically the next trilogy canonically in order, um, which took place about two years after the Thrawn trilogy, which I enjoyed, not quite as good, not not as not quite to the level of the Thrawn trilogy, but still very good. Yeah. Um, it actually had an actor doing it, and he really didn't have the vocal range. <laughs> He's a guy I'd actually heard of, Anthony Heald, who has been in many things. I think what I know him most for was he was the toolish vice principal in Boston Public. Oh, yeah. The aptly named Vice Principal Goober. Yeah, he's in, like, everything. He is, and normally he's playing kind of this prickish authority figure. Yeah, like a, uh, yeah, like a little weaselly little... Yeah, now he's got a pretty decent narrative voice, but when he tries to do some of the character voices, it's just, just not there. But this guy, this other guy, Mark Norman, he does, we did the Thrawn trilogy, which is great. And, and they were all unabridged. Another problem with the Jedi Academy trilogy was that it was abridged. So well, the entire trilogy took me roughly the same time as to listen to originally the Air of the Empire. But the Hand of Thrawn duology, which takes place about 10 years after the um, the Thrawn trilogy, uh, which um, Timothy Zahn did right, they got yeah. this, this guy back. So, and they're all unabridged. So I guess Timothy Zahn has some pull. So I've been listening to the first of the two books on that. So it just reminds me how much better this guy is at doing it all himself. Uh, yeah. Sometimes it just works out that way. Isn't that weird? Well, I mean, I loved, I grew up listening, loved listening to impressionists like, you know, Rich Little for the real aged folk, you know. <laughs> but then mm-hmm. you get, yeah, kind of our generation comedic uh, impressionist. You got like Kevin Pollack. Um, oh my god, who could do conversational walking? Yeah. Conversational yeah. walking into a Trader Joe's and asking about bananas. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're not talking about catchphrases. We just carry you know, carry it on. Oh yeah. Love it. It's absolutely hysterical. You know, Robin would do some impressions. I mean, he would do a lot of voices, and actually if you remember watching um Aladdin, he that's actually what really showed his ability to do voices. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and of course, you'll see those people who do things, a couple of people in their wheelhouse on Saturday Night Live. But one of the best that I can recall is Frank Caliendo, who does, just does voices. You know, oh, yeah. Does we grew up with like people the like... Animal sounds and stuff? No, Frank Caliendo, he did the John Madden, the John Gruden, the... He's he's a comedian, but he's also been famous for doing oh, a lot of yeah, 
You're right. Madden, I'm sorry. Madden was like, and George Bush. Yeah, he was uh, on Mad TV. He was, and then he had his own short-lived series, Frank TV. Frank TV. <laughs> but he's been, but he's been doing a lot. At, at first, he was doing like predictions and like impersonations of various football personalities on Fox's NFL Sunday, and then ended up going to ESPN and doing a lot of stuff there. Oh, he is a killer Berman. <laughs> but uh, yeah so i've always respected that i mean look at look at what, what we talk about we talk about when we talk about mark hamill he he's a fantastic you know we love him as luke skywalker but he's even better as a voice actor right the joker that's true and all these various he's with skeletor in the most recent he-man reboot mm-hmm. i mean he's he's uh, he was a at one, I think it was a Chucky and like the Chucky reboot. So he's he's done a lot of voice acting, and then you have other people like, you know, legends like Mel Blanc, or Jim Henson and Frank Oz. All these people who did all these different oh voices. Oh my god! The amount of voices that Jim Henson did, you didn't know, and and ugh. I'm still finding it. I discovered as an adult that he was the voice of Ernie, of Bert and Ernie. Oh yeah, I, I had no idea. And Rolf, he was the voice of Rolf. Oh, he he did so many of the major <laughs> Muppet characters. Doctor Teeth. Oh yeah, yeah. Holy crap! Yeah. See, now this is this is this is the thing. I'm just like, I, this is why. <laughs> so maybe I shouldn't say it's in it. I'm Andy Circusing it. Maybe I should say I'm Jim Hensoning it. Well, don't get me wrong. Andy Serkis does great <laughs> stuff. I'm just not entirely sure he's doing impersonations. Well, uh, what I'm doing is not an, inter- an impersonation either. That's true. Uh, and you'll get people who, I mean, I mean, we grew up, all the cartoons we listened to, they all shared different people, you know. Was Oh, I was thinking of Frank Welker. Frank Welker, yes. He, he quite good. Jim Cummings. Some yeah, of these great Jim voice Cummings, actors. Oh, the voice of the voice of Darkwing Duck himself. And Pooh. Yeah, and Winnie the Pooh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of poo came out of his mouth. Uh Billy West and uh John oh, DiMaggio. I was gonna say, what's going on with Billy West? He's entirely too talented to be just sitting in the wings here. And I forgot oh, yeah, to bring him back man. to drama. He's the red M and M. I feel like they changed the red M&M's name, uh, uh, voice. I don't think it's him anymore. I think he's aging and you're conti- you're starting to tell. It's possible. Bender's voice oh, changed man. like three times in the series alone. That's true. But you'll get but that. that but... You watch, look at the Simpsons, you know, Homer's voice was a little more gravelly and a lot less silly. And, you know, the Simpsons characters have changed. It happens. Folks, as you yeah. can see, we have a great deal of respect for voice <laughs> voice actors and actresses. Because we actually so, know their names. Well, okay. So what I'm saying here is if you want to get if you want if you want to somehow put figure out how to fix the microphone, uh, you know, we could do it some night. I unfortunately am gonna be out of town. All starting Saturday until the next Sunday, all well, that whole week. Why don't we give but, a trial run on Thursday and see how it goes? 
Right. We. I mean, we'll have to. We'll have to coordinate earlier, a little bit, um, which we could, or we don't do a two-hour show. Quiet. <laughs> How dare so, you? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> you you want to hear something pretty strange? I I served with this guy. We were when we were young lieutenants together. Uh, wonderful guy. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, we were pretty good friends. Big, tall, jovial guy, always shaking hands. Uh, big chuckle. But when he'd get nervous, he started speaking in a Scottish accent. Really? Born in the U.S. Not just. I mean, may it maybe have some Scottish ancestry, but not like. You know. He would just he, he would just start speaking in a Scottish accent and out start, of nervousness. He'd, he'd start having a brogue. Yeah, we, we he copped to it one time when he was <laughs> like, "Dude, what the? <laughs> right, why is it starting to sound like Braveheart in here?" He's like, "Yeah, I don't know. I uh, kind of go into this act, and then he has to." You know, when when one person takes over from somebody else in, in the military, it's called a change of command, at least in yep. in in big units. So he he had to preside over the change of command of two captains. Um, and he gets up there and he, I'm standing I'm standing off to the side <laughs> with all with all the other various staff oh, no. officers who don't really know this guy very well. And as he continues to go through all the, the speechifying that comes with being the MC of this event. This brogue starts coming out. Oh my god. <laughs> and I had I had like majors and captains and colonels all going in. What the fuck is this guy doing? <laughs> Somebody goes, is this guy serious? I'm like, I figured I should bail him out. I shit you not, sir. When he gets nervous, he's this brogue comes out. <laughs> I see that happen. It's not a flash forward is... a year. We're in Iraq. We're in. We got this big conference room. Where there's a brief coming up. Oh my god! I, I've been promoted to captain, so now I'm on a, a staff, and I have to sit through these meetings. And he's filling in for his boss, who's on leave, and Colonel, and you know all all the leadership, but then all the additional attachments we've had, who might not know this guy particularly well. And they're all staring at him as he starts briefing. Oh, boy. And, and the, the colonel's got this kind of little smirk on his face because he knows that this is what happens with this kid. And then yeah. finally, one of the guys, one of the uh, majors turns and looks at all these other people who are staring at him like, is this guy for real? It's like, you'll have to forgive Lieutenant Reed. He gets pretty, <laughs> he gets pretty Scottish when he's... <laughs> <laughs> Scottish, not skittish. <laughs> yeah, not skittish, Scottish. It was... Son, you have an affliction. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, but needless to say. We'll work on your audio, and if you, if you, if you want to do it and the audio sounds good. I'm always willing to give yours, you a hand. Friend. Parts Very yours, hard. my friend, yeah. if you want it. Now it may hit the cutting room floor, but the part will be yours. So 
Oh, no, thanks. it won't. It's too integral. You're a great it's too integral. friend. <laughs> You're a great friend. <laughs> and we've lost our Scottish market. So, <laughs> well, and most of Wales, just because. <laughs> well, and let me go ahead and preface this. We need to do a transition so we can actually get to our topic this week. But before we do that, the world of Trek actually took a little bit of a hit the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. A couple of fairly well-known character actors passed. The first is Paul Sorvino, who played Nikolai Rojenko, Worf's adopted brother in uh, the seventh season of Next Gen. Um where he plays a Federation observer who ends up getting a little, or something, yes, right? and ends up getting a little too involved with the um, locals and ends up basically, despite being from an advanced civilization and looking at like this pre-industrial society, he falls in love and marries a, a local, and turns out that actress was Penny Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God she's still with us. <laughs> but that was Nikolai Rojenko was played by the fantastic uh, Paul Servino. Mm-hmm. His daughter Mira Servino, who also a fairly accomplished actress, but Paul Servino is also someone who was fairly well, she won an Oscar. She did, yes. But Paul Servino was in Goodfellas. He was the mob boss. <laughs> Yes. And I believe he was on Law and Order for a year or two as well. So, But amongst numerous other things. And even more impactful to Star Trek. David Don't. Warner. David Warner. David Warner. Who's? David Warner. <laughs> Whose I'm... roles include... Federation representative St. John Talbot in Star Trek V, The Voyage Home. Oh, Please, him, him, oh. Final Frontier. And, he, and he was cr- Chancellor cr- Gorkin. Ch- Chancellor Gorkin, yeah. In he was Star in Star Trek V and Star Trek VI. Yes, and <laughs> he was the infamous Gul Madrid. There are five lights. Oh, that's right, that was him. God, yeah. he was so good in that. He was good God, that in was all good. of them. I know he was. I know, but uh, Chain of Command just stands out to me because it was just. First of all, they hired someone who was just so legendary, and I, I was too young to know who he was, but it just he just stole but, the scene. The only person that could stand up to him would be Patrick Stewart. Well, Kirk had Khan. Picard. Well, I'm just saying in, in that in that context in Chain of Command. I know. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to di- diminish William Shatner's acting acumen. No, but I'm, I, I'm I, saying he had a rival, some somebody who could choose scenery against him. Right. And actually, and, and, and that that was that was Shatner and Ricardo Montalban chewing scenery at each other. Picard yeah. in Madrid was very meticulous. That was true depth of acting right there. And and that can speak to the badassness of of their abilities and who they were. As actors, yes, quite. Quite badass. 
Um, now, before we go any further, I do have one recommendation for you before we go into our topic, which we're going to go into in just approximately 32 seconds. I recommend you watch the Red Letter Media video where they review Star Trek The Motion Picture. It is fantastic. It is a Perhaps. great breakdown of the movie. It's on YouTube. It's a great breakdown. It. It's a great breakdown of the movie. It's it's deeper themes, which I didn't realize what it was, and um, but they did. <laughs> it's it's definitely the the. I'll just say this: the movie is much more erotic than you would think. Yeah, and I'm erotic? using that word deliberate. Er- erotic, yeah, like not erratic, erotic. Like no, no, it no. is. <laughs> I am aware. I do know the English language. I'm just, you know, cover my bases. But it's it's a good analysis where, and it's not too Freudian either. It really that interpretation is pretty spot on. Mm. So, all right, that's 32 seconds later now. What's okay. our topic for today, Cavman? Tonight's topic are who were the most badass characters in science fiction, fantasy, and superheroes that we have talking about. You know, we've talked a lot about a lot of these different franchises, talked about a lot of great characters, captains, engineers. We've talked about the villains we like. We've talked about Jiro's journeys and discussions of plot points. But, and we've mentioned people, characters, actors who are badass, but we need to discuss the biggest badasses in our field. Now, do we have any parameters about this? Uh, I need to be main characters. Main characters, okay. Or significant recurring characters okay okay they also need to generally fall within our realm and you must be prepared to defend why these individuals would be considered badass and they mean it doesn't mean they all have to be warriors there are ways to be badass in in other ways but still they must fall within the parameters of badassitude. Or if you actually sat and watched them like, man, she's a badass. He's a badass. Okay. All right. Well, shall I go first? Villains can fall into that as well. Villains, yes. anti-heroes, antagonists. Okay. Okay. I kind of, I, I'm already going down a rabbit hole that I'm going to need to get out of real quick. I'll go first. Yes. Boromir from Fellowship of the Ring. Mm. Yes. That I, badass got shot how many times? I'm, I'm sure it's, three? it's documented. I think it was he three got, arrows, four arrows. Oh, to I the thought chest. it was like eight or ten. Like, he got shot a lot. Gosh, but you know say, what? And, I'll bring up. With I'll Boromir. Uh, yes. Not only and that did was he a redemption have, arc. It was. His, his last minutes, his last stand was particularly in Peter Jackson's The Fellowship, was completely badass. 
multiple arrow yeah. wounds, still kept he, fighting. He felt like he 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 felt like a a loose cannon throughout most of the movie. So you didn't want to mess with him, and you always kept an eye on him, yeah. right? So, oh but gosh. as you learn later in the story, he's a man who's trying to protect his home. Yes. He's a man who's had to fight scene. and lose many things over the years. That is true. Is, is reaching a, a desperation point. Well, he's protecting the crown jewel of humanity, right? Right. Isn't Minas Tirith the, the pinnacle of human society at that point? Basically. I mean, most... I'm no Tolkien scholar. That's kind of the way they kind of at least the movie seems to show you, right? Right. That's that's the way it looks portrayed, absolutely. But I'm, I'm watching the final scene here, and dude's fighting off orcs by hand, left and right. Oh, and here here we go. Here's the count. No we just got... punk-ass orcs. The big... Yeah, the Uruk-hai. Uruk-hai. There we go. Ooh, ooh, that first shot got him right in the heart. That got him right in the heart, maybe the upper valve. And so yes, probably not the heart he likely would have been. <laughs> stunned, close. kills two more orcs after getting up with his bare hands. Hold on. And then, oh, here comes the third arrow. I mean, the second arrow. And boom! Oh, that's a liver shot. Nope, that's an appendix shot. Nope, that's a liver shot. He doesn't need it. <laughs> I've never broken down this scene like this before. And I'm sure this is great pod, by the way. So. (laughs) But um, anyway. He went down fighting. He took this. was probably. And you you, maybe we could write a distinction, make a distinction between the most badass characters versus the most badass scenes. I don't know. That might be splitting hairs. Because don't he, badass he scenes to be a make very badass characters? Warrior in the fights in um, in uh, Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah, no, but where were they? The Mines of Moria. He didn't get that far. Yeah, he did. Oh yeah, he did. Oh shoot, yeah. Uh, with the Balrog. Guys, at the end of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. I forgot. Mines of Moria was in the first movie. Yeah. Okay, so he got shot three times. Uh, second time right in the solar plexus. So yeah, that's gonna take it out of you. Um, and he was he was fighting from his knees. Yeah. Okay, so he got shot three times, but it felt like ten. Uh, so that happened. Most of the okay. wounds were probably fatal in and of themselves. Who got shot in the heart? First one, upper valve. <laughs> so. I will. I will give you that because he was definitely. You see him in the fight in their fight in the, in the tomb, the mines of Moria, mm-hmm. where he's just chopping dudes and. I mean, they kind of, puff him up to be a big warrior. Right, and they did give him. They did give him a a, a moment earlier where, he wants to prove his worth for the people of. Of um, God is it Gondor or Gondor, Minas Tirith? Yes. People Minas of Gondor Tirith is the capital. The, 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 of... ca- the capital, yeah. 
he wants to prove his worth as the minister of for the people of Gondor because they don't have a king. Anyway, his I, father don't is the it. steward of Gondor. The steward, yeah. But uh, there are a lot more people out there that can explain that a whole lot better than I. So, but even first, before the ring really starts to get to him, you see him, you know, trying to teach uh, Mary and Pippin how to fight with swords. Actually, it buys them time because he actually, uh, because he taught them, they actually killed a couple Urukai too that were about to behead him. So, <laughs> yeah. So. so, but uh, okay. So first entry down. What do you got? Well, I mean, if you you could go through all the people you see in Lord of the Rings and pull I out know, several more the, badasses. The, I mean, that's you can't the, you can't honorable mention Aragorn. No, you can't. <laughs> Who fought off three ring rates? Was it he fought off three ring rates by himself? Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, and and all the things he survived during the the. The fellowship movie uh, during the uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah, a man whose desire to protect Frodo and his desire to defeat the evil overcame his reticence that his blood was weak, and you know his trying to avoid the responsibility of being the the king. Right. But at the end, he takes this last ditch effort of people to go and slice and dice motherfuckers to prevent people from all zooming in on, on Frodo. So Right. The 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 strain, uh, which was a uh, it's been a methodology at the end of every Stranger Th- Things season now. Distract the bad guy while the other person goes in to surgically strike. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's true. So. You know, I mean, you could talk about Gimli, you could talk about Legolas, you know, oh, I mean, yeah. that's, that's the whole point. But and it's interesting. All of them are peak examples of each of their peoples. Yes. Which I guess is not a coincidence because they had to go to Mordor. But when you think about the five Hobbit characters that you see in Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, you see Bilbo and then Frodo, Sam, Merry and Pippin. And they all become badasses too. That's true. Well, what are you going to hard, what, hard what you do? Leave Gandalf men. out? The guy who fought a Balrog to death came back from the dead. <laughs> to, to, Dude literally died and came back. Yeah, I mean it's really yeah. hard to, you know, for badass. But I mean, in 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 some of our fields like superheroes, you know, you've got you could go. You know, forty deep easily. You could go twenty deep easy in, in the MCU alone. You know. Well, should things... we change it to? Well, uh, never mind. Go ahead. Just choose your own. I'm just saying. You know, yeah. Choose who you feel. I mean, if you want to go, here's one. You want to go ahead and Jason Momoa's Aquaman in both the Justice <laughs> League and Aquaman. He's way My more man. badass than. And the perception that he has of this guy who only talks to fish and is not as powerful outside the water, right? <laughs> like uh, Family Guy's representation of him? Oh, all the time. <laughs> hey, stop it. I'll send my fish after you. 
and they'd start jumping up around him. <laughs> how how do you go ahead and, and get rid of that image problem? You give this big hulking muscular warrior looking dude with yeah wild mane of hair and beard and ripped muscles and tattoos and those those piercing eyes that Momoa has it just seems to pop out of the <laughs> it's the, the eyes really do it's not like Gowron eyes but no and that, that's there. the Pacific Islander for you right there um, yeah and I mean, the guy was superhuman, strong, could swim, but, you know, was a fairly accomplished fighter. Even You see that in both versions of the Justice League movies. Yep. If it, you, and once you actually get to see Aquaman, you'll see that it's he's pretty badass. Yes, and I agree with that like completely. I do. I can't. <laughs> he just walks out there with the. Dude, with it was Jim fifth, Beam, though. Although like he that. was in the middle of nowhere, so you take what you get, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, I'll give that to you. I haven't seen Aquaman, the movie. The, the, his it is worth own. it. Is it? It is worth it. I just I have such a hard time getting into DC because their movies are so hit and miss. Wonder Woman was okay. Then, one, the original Wonder Woman was pretty good. It was, was all right. Really I mean, I found it to be a Captain America clone. It was, but I was willing to let that go. Yeah. Um, and then uh, and then Wonder Woman 1984 was just trash. I haven't seen it. I do look forward well, to seeing it, even if it is trash. But It's weird. It, it just, it, it's icky. It's just icky with the way they handle it <laughs> okay so you'll know what i mean if you see it okay. but uh anyway so it's just hit and miss so i have no motivation to see aquaman even though i'm sure it's good I, i've heard nothing but good things about it take it yeah. from me jason momoa as aquaman badass i agree with that i mean and I could actually piggyback on that and say that his character in Stargate Atlantis as Ronan uh, was also badass because he was the runner. He was being tracked by the Wraith through the mm. galaxy. But in Aquaman, he was the swimmer. <laughs> Boom. And he was the only person on Atlantis that could fight Tila. 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 All these, all these sci-fi names, man, they <laughs> kind of blend together. Tila from He-Man. He Leela from Futurama. Yeah, Leela from Futurama. What what are the names from uh, Star uh, Star Trek Picard? Uh, who is the Who is the uh, Romulan Watcher? Talon. Talon, right? And then there's also Talon in in uh, God. There's also a Talon in uh, um, Babylon Five. Or Talon. Orville, and <laughs> or Talon. or maybe a strange new word worlds. Tala in Tala, yeah. Tala was in um I just yeah, it all blends together. So anyway, I piggybacked off of that. Um I okay, go ahead, go ahead, do it. Do it, do it. Who was the most badass from our childhood? 
There's only one. Mr. T? Oh, shit. Well, he is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. How can B.A. Baracus, not, <laughs> notwithstanding. And we will get to him. <laughs> Optimus Prime. Oh, yeah. You see, Honorable, you didn't see that badassness powerful. until the movie, though. Now, uh, bear but, with but me. He, he has a bit of a martyr complex. I'll give him that. Yeah. <laughs> but he was obviously, even in the TV show, he was obviously the most... Even when he wasn't the most powerful Autobot, he was still the most powerful Autobot, right? Right. All the Autobots listened to him. All the Autobots loved him and respected him. He was proud. Yeah. He yeah, had their unquestioned loyalty. And I was so happy to see him in the Transformers movie in 2007. I almost cried. No, here's the best part. It's the same voice actor. I Peter know. Collins, I who, know. And I, I saw an interview with him. He based the voice off of his brother who had served in Vietnam. And his brother was kind of like his hero. So. Oh, wow. He kind of imbued some of these qualities he felt that his brother had as a leader in Vietnam into Optimus Prime. I like that. Pretty cool. Me That's too. Nice. That's, it just makes Optimus Prime that much more badass. <laughs> and yeah, in, yeah. in the 19, whatever, 84, 86 Transformers, the movie, when he just goes, Ham wrecking dudes after the Autobots have been getting slaughtered for half yeah, an hour. Yeah, single handedly starts destroying Decepticons he left and right. Crushes dude in truck form, just like squishes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. This was this is probably what should have been happening for the last two years on TV, but it, because it was on TV for kids in the eighties, like yeah. no, everybody gets boo boos. <laughs> Oh man! And, and then Optimus Prime and, and uh, Michael Bay, you know, he had like the hand retract. He's got the battle axe coming out. I mean, and, and what was the second movie where he like where he dies and they have to Rise bring him of back? The Fallen. No, was it Revenge of the Fallen? No, Maybe. I thought it was. Re- I don't know if it was Revenge Transformers. I think it was something like that, and. But like he he like kills like three straight Decepticons. It is Revenge of the Fallen. You are right. But he takes on like six dudes before he gets killed. You know he like he's like yeah. straight up murdering dudes, just ripping guys apart. Optimus Prime, <laughs> true badass. This is true. Now uh, I got it mixed up with Transformers: Rise of the Beasts. No, they're doing the Beast Machines. Disqualified. I'm just saying. By the way, okay. Hmm. No, I can't say that. Not not in good faith. The Bumblebee movie was really good. Uh, you know, uh, and I still haven't seen it, but I want to because it I heard really I heard Bumblebee was really good. So I will I will eventually watch it when I can. I'm not sure. I recommend I have, it. I'm not sure I, I have a streaming service that runs it, but I think it's on Paramount Plus. Well, then I will watch that then. <laughs> I'm going to look it up right now. Um, but there's no character in that movie that outright stands 
to me as being badass. There's like there's like growth moments, but no like badass moments. So that's why I said I couldn't say well, I was thinking about that movie. And that's why I said I couldn't use it in good faith. You brought up you brought up Mr. T. Well, D.A. Baracus from the A-Team was a true ham fisting <laughs> badass. <laughs> have, have you ever been knocked out by 25 pounds of gold? Boom, Mr. T. <laughs> I mean, I think the V18 was basically designed to be a vehicle for him, but it kind of grew and it made kind of icons out of all four of them. Yeah. But amongst the two, the four of them, the true, the biggest badass of them all was Mr. T is B.A. Baracus, a guy who <laughs> could drive anything. As long as it was terrestrial, he could he could fix and re and build anything. He would just throw down. He was like their ace in the hole. Any type, bunch of thugs would come on. It was like, who are you? And come in. Oh, God forbid you ever hurt women or kids. Oh, oh boy, nope. Oh. oh. They you were begin. getting thrown through a plate glass window so fast yeah. <laughs> or tossed over a car. Dun, 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 dun. I agree. Uh, I never watched the A-Team. Never saw a single episode. I may have seen parts of it, but it was just one of those. Yeah, never it's watched. Ridiculous. It. I'm sure it is. It's absolutely ridiculous. The premise is crazy. <laughs> Frank, uh, what is it? Sentenced to a crime they didn't commit, yep. <laughs> and and they're he's been going out doing vigilante work uh, <laughs> while in this big custom van, and they're on the run from the law at the same time. Yeah, they're always being chased by the MPs. Right. <laughs> it's absolutely great. You see, I I watched a video. I think it was I I got the seasons of. I think I had the first season of the A-Team on DVD before I deployed to my first tour in Iraq. And then I bought a few more, Adam shipped overseas, and I just binge-watched the whole series. But they had these little, you know, special videos on some of the CD sets. And one of them was, like, talking about the impact of ADTV and how a lot of these primetime shows had, like, fantastical kind of elements because coming out of the 70s with the gas shortages and some of the civil rights stripes and the Vietnam War, which was everything was just so grim. And so then you see the rise of things like Fantasy Island or things like Airwolf, you know, Knight Rider, these ridiculous things where it's like, oh, it's a super sonic fast yeah. helicopter, talking cards. Four kind of like the wrongly, Rocky movies where like, yeah, four wrongly Rocky, convicted uh, Rambo. Vietnam vets come out and kick ass for, for everybody and barely take money for it. You know, there's this kind of rise of this a little bit this cheesier, lighthearted stuff in the eighties. You know? But also cocaine was a hell of a drug. <laughs> they, <laughs> Thank you, Rick James and Dave Chappelle. Not untrue. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't know either. But 
Yeah, uh, you could tell in Hollywood that it was flowing like water. <laughs> so, all you need to do is just watch a handful of episodes of the A Team. You can pick it out from almost any time in the series. It's just entertaining. Oh sure, you can watch it. It'll make you laugh. You know. <laughs> B.A. would always go and and tell kids to drink their milk and listen to their parents right before he breaks some dude's face for trying to push around a small businessman. True. (laughs) Badass and role model. Yes, that is true. That is true. Okay. All right. I got to ask you this one. And this is this this could be controversial. Mm. And I think you'll agree with me that it will be controversial. Worf. <laughs> it's only controversial <laughs> if you watch the next generation. If you watch Deep yes. Space Nine, you're like yes. <laughs> I mean it it, it Worf, I mean it, it was always <laughs> Worf getting beat up. To prove just how strong the foe was, right? Right. Yep. He was he that. Was, he was that measuring stick. And he was always being told by Picard <laughs> to stand down. Sir, I think we should blow blow this up, <laughs> Mister Wolf. I think we need to stand down on this. Mister Wolf, belay that order. <laughs> or, or yeah. But he would have his badass moments. <sighs> Killing Duras was pretty awesome. Killing Duras was pretty awesome. Um. But yeah, you're right. It wasn't until DS9. And this is why it was controversial, because he was not much of a badass in TNG. He just it was more there for like set decoration to look menacing. But that doesn't make you a badass. It was DS9 that he really came into his own. Later which we've in already the seasons talked about. Of, of Next Gen, when they started showing his, his Makbara, the Klingon martial arts. Yeah, and then his, you know, um, I thought it was uh, pretty badass, his uh, mentoring of Ensign Cito in Lower Decks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Oh, Ensign Cito. Warf Moment of a... silence, please. Yeah. Well, you didn't have to take off the hat for a fictional character, but that's okay. <laughs> he got more shit to do later on, like in Birthright, right, where he's teaching these Klingons how to hunt who don't know how to hunt. He's yep. willing to die for his principles, you know. They let him, and he's just standing there. He's like, "Kill me, bitch." <laughs> they, when they let Worf be a little more Klingon and 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 more later age Klingon, as opposed to the. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, he did deliver a baby. (laughs) This is not how the simulation showed it to be. I'm sorry! (laughs) That was well done. Uh... (laughs) But yeah, even I... Even I, at the age of, what, 12... So, so it's not going to be like the simulation. <laughs> in his 
in one of his whatever it was like second or third scene on Moya the Warrior where O'Brien takes him into Quark's and then he goes and he just whoops the Klingon's ass. Yes. Just so almost effortlessly. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, he does. and then he kicks his ass in the holodeck on the and then it just goes into just four more years of, of Worf kicking ass. Yeah. Yeah, DS9 was a good redemption. Hopefully, Picard Season 3 will continue that. Tell me he doesn't look badass. The straight white hair, the black ball dress, and he's got something like a... I don't know if it's his mechleth or if it's a sword or something, but he's got like this... It was said... It was. It's a familiar blade that we've seen. I think it's the one we've seen from First Contact. The Mechleth. The Mechleth. Yeah, I think that's what it was. It was by the same guy who designed the Batleth. Uh, cool. So hopefully they don't show us the, cr- <laughs> the crappy Batleth where the where the <laughs> the points are at the pointed towards the 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 wielder, like <laughs> the ones that look like from Discovery burnt metal. Yeah, like the, those were Batlas. Like, did you hear the discovery? Uh, the the discovery behind the scenes ex- explanation for that? No, no. Um, hold on. There's someone at my door here. Oh, it's my son. <laughs> I forgot that he left. <laughs> Parent of the year, folks. <laughs> Is it the 80s all over again? <laughs> so, no. Uh, so, the designer for the new Batleth was trying to explain that Klingons fought for peace. And so, the Batleth, the new Batleth design, was designed to represent the forward bluntness of the instrument was representing peace. And the spikes towards the wielder, by the way. Towards which, the wielder. Klingons fought for peace in discovery. Uh, I, they instigated I, it's on a YouTube. War. It was, it was the, probably one of the most idiotic explanations of a whole lot of crap. And that's why so. Shatner thought Gene Roddenberry would roll over his grave. He probably just couldn't get through season one of Discovery. Oh my God, uh, I mean, have you seen the crap that Shatner's getting? He's just ba- basically being dismissed by. Uh, by the internet being like, sure, Grandpa, sure. Okay, Boomer. Yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. I'm like, no, you listen to that man. You listen. That man knows stuff. He's actually a good writer. He's <laughs> he's a good writer. Uh, he worked he he worked with others. I know, <laughs> but still, didn't he write Tech War? He did. And that was by himself too. He didn't. He didn't partner with any writer, right? Not anyone he gave credit to, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway. Um, and as much sorry. as people like to say that Kirk was a badass, and he was, but if I'm going to take badass captains from Starfleet, Cisco. Oh I mean, yeah. Per- Picard's a badass in his own way, where he can defeat you with his mind. Yeah, he's definitely more cerebral and Cisco. But you can't, you can't, mm, you don't want to, you don't want to say that explicitly about Picard because Cisco is not all brawn. 
No, he wasn't. He was scheming. And, he was and very cerebral, was Kirk. too. Kirk wasn't just always shoot first, ask questions later. Right. Uh, I, I, well, this would These would be selling all of these people short. Yeah. I, cause, so. Although I think if I had to choose between Picard, uh, Cisco, and, and Kirk in a fight, I'd take Cisco. Mm. Are we talking TOS era Kirk? Yeah. Okay. I would go with Kirk. I'm going to have to go with Kirk. I'm going to have to do that. I don't want to. I don't no, want to. I'm just talking about in a straight up fist fight. Cisco wins uh, hands down. How many times have you seen Shatner's shirt get ripped? How many times have you seen a throw punch? How many times have you seen Cisco throw a punch? He punched Q. He punched, he punched, punched an omnipotent <laughs> being in the face. Okay, that's a very strong argument right there, sir. <laughs> he whooped some Klingon ass during the invasion of um, Deep Space Nine. No, that's true. That's true. I, and I'm not. I'm not trying to. To he got to be a Klingon. Oh, he did get to be a Klingon. Kirk had to pretend to be a Romulan. Cisco got to be a Klingon with the. I, I'm not going to miss the ridges, but I <laughs> the fangs. Yeah. You know what? And and to 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 point out that Kirk had to be a Romulan, he also had to romance a Romulan woman. <laughs> what a hardship! Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll Let's I'll edge it out. Sleep with Mirror Dax. Oh, that's right. He did, didn't he? Hmm. Eh. All right. I, I, like I said, I, I'll, must I'll have been interesting. <laughs> So what did you do in the mirror universe, Benjamin? Uh... <laughs> I did what I did to survive. Moving on. Yep. <laughs> but so. think of it this way. The man is one of the best examples of being a single parent in fiction, let alone sci-fi. Yes. And we and we lauded him about that. And we're not the only ones that feel Certainly that way. Certainly a badass. And, of course, he got to fly the Defiant, which was basically Starfleet's middle finger, which he helped design. A photon torpedo with engines, basically. (laughs) He basically got to fly the Starfleet equivalent of the A-10. Yeah. (laughs) A plane designed around its weapon system. Oh, Best ground support. One of the two best ground support weapon systems ever invented. That damned A-10 has been slotted for retirement for the last 30 years, and yet the military keeps bringing it back. Well, the Air Force as keeps they should. The Air Force keeps wanting to shelve it, but like the Marines and Army are like, uh, fuck no. Yeah. That's a great close <laughs> air support weapon. <laughs> you get down on the ground, flyboy. Never mind. Yeah. You can keep the A-10. <laughs> That's exactly it. Like, I, my God, it fits a perfect, a perfect role in the battlefield. Remember, you know, Cisco broke the spirit of the Maquis. Yeah. Okay, you won your case. You won. Ooh, and uh, he I'll punched admit. Garrick in the face like five times. Yeah, and Garrick could have arranged for his death at any time. I think he was scared of Cisco a little. I think, he, oh, well, yeah, he definitely respected Jadzia Cisco. Told, no, 
Ezri told him that Worf is intimidated by him. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. I intimidate Worf. (laughs) God, what episode was that? I need to see that episode again. Yeah, I'd have to. You have to do a Google search. Obviously, season seven, but. um, Okay. Uh, All right. All right. I think you made the point. And and you go ahead and, and, like we talked about with superheroes or with uh, the Lord of the Rings characters. You could talk about all the badasses on Deep Space Nine. Miles O'Brien, who's could basically he was keeping the station together with duct tape and wishes. I mean, I mean, the only thing he couldn't do was play an instrument. And even that we don't know. Yeah, he was he basically could. a renaissance Remember? man. He played the he played like the the cello. He was in one of those background. Was he? Was he one of the quartets on the Enterprise? Uh, he was. Are you kidding me? The most important <laughs> man in Starfleet history. How is he not <laughs> on the badass list? You're right. He was quite literally one of the most important men in Starfleet history. You are absolutely correct. With he was all a the soldier, stuff that he, he was did. an engineer. He was a father and husband. A singer, a virtuoso, a a a, a, techno, a technocrat. And he built I mean, model ships in a bottle. Yes, he did. <laughs> How did you know that, sir? <laughs> like, didn't any of you build a ship in a bottle when you were a boy? Yeah. I did, sir. I did, sir. What? I did. <laughs> Rikers give him right. the Riker face. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? I did. did. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. O'Brien. Yeah. <laughs> or Kira. How can you get any more badass than Kira? Well, I mean, yeah, Akira is without saying. I, I mean, it, and it was wasn't it, it the non-visitor's birthday this week too. I guess I follow all, I, I follow all the Star Trek pages on on you know Facebook and stuff, so I get to find <laughs> out these things. Yeah, I, I follow most of them on Twitter, which is a bad idea, but it's you know it's really hard to. I think that's why there's a wormhole. Is that all that badassitude in the Bajoran system was ripping a hole in space-time. You are correct. <clears throat> Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> you want to you want to stay in Star Trek? You could. No. Would you no. consider Would you consider Spock badass? Um. Iconic, epic, iconic, irreplaceable, indispensable, and apparently he's the only reason why Kirk could go back in time to get the whales, Mm, because the computer couldn't do the calculations for some reason. Um, Wasn't wasn't Spock knocked out too? Like with the rest of the 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 crew (laughs) going around the sun? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I'd have to say no, but highly celebrated. Fair enough. I'll have to, I'll have to say that. I'm going to step out of the Star Trek universe, unless you want to add one more thing. Oh, as, as well you should, because at this point, I mean, I mean, there's others, sure, but we can, we can progress. Okay, because I've got two, and one of them 
is probably the most badass character in the MCU. Mm. The most badass. But I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna tease that. And I'm gonna start with Xena Warrior Princess. Approved. Yes. Now she doesn't have super strength like Hercules did. She was purely skill. Uh, I don't know. She's extremely up with learned. Maybe it was sexually transmitted. Wait a minute. What do you mean? When? When does she? What? When? I don't remember, but they hooked up. She and Chris Pine. Hercules. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I'm Chris sorry. Pine. I thought you were talking the actress, but you're right. Um. Dang. I heard Kirk. You said Herc. So <laughs> that would have been interesting. Well, because Carl Urban was in Xena. He was played Caesar. Yes, and I thoroughly enjoy his salad. <laughs> anyway, my arguments are she was a farm girl who lost her brother to the warlords. She went ahead and became a warlord herself. Developed massive amounts of skills, different language qualities, became a cultural servant, and was a master of psych, uh, psychological warfare, psychological warfare, and body manipulation. Where she could stop your heart by hitting the, a little vein in your neck. She's like, I just stopped the blood flow to your brain. You're going to uh, be dead dude, in 10 seconds. Dude, that outfit stopped the blood flow to many people. <laughs> but so and oh, man, in the first episode, I think I've talked about this, but the first well, episode first I ever saw were on Hercules. Her, I know, but the one that I ever saw of, of Xena, and this is the first time I ever saw Xena because I, I was just getting into Hercules at the same time when Callisto was introduced. Oh, and yeah. they did this whole battle ladder dance thing. They were jumping from ladder to ladder, and it was balancing. And I'm sitting here going, whoa. It was, it was cheesy, but it was awesome at the same time. It was time. so good. It was so great. It was so great. And, uh, but, and Kalisto scared the hell out of me, too, in that episode, because she was a freaking scary character. She was a Obviously, the, she was the antithesis of, of Xena. All of her skills and and none of the n- none of the um, no. emotional uh, emotional um, quotient to it. Well, Xena was like that when we first meet her. Yeah, but she goes then, through a redemption arc and such. So right, right, and but we see that in Hercules. We do, but she was really popular, so she got spun off. <laughs> I would but, argue that her show was more popular than Hercules by the end. Um, it's definitely had a much bigger cultural impact. Yes. So, oh, and Lucy Lawless could sing. They did a whole musical episode where I was chastised for loving this show. And I, when, when the, um, when the, the soundtrack came out for their musical episode, I was right there to buy it. And I ripped segments of the song because you couldn't share too much online because it was all dial-up so but i would rip quick segments of the song and i would email them to friends be like 
You think this is you think this is trash? Listen to this. Listen to the quality of this angel. Or listen to this musical score right here. Listen to the listen to the talk with Solon, her son. That'll pull at you. And it was just and then they were like, I'll admit she could sing, but she shouldn't be wearing such a short skirt. I'm like, God, come on. <laughs> it's like, it was the nineties. Yeah. I know. Of course. I'm but yeah. Anyway, well, strong I mean, female just, just, character I truly respected and loved. She she was master of hand-to-hand combat and weapons. She mm-hmm. threw that blade thing. The chakra. I know. Again. When the walls fell. <laughs> chakra. Well, no. The Oh, I'm thinking of the katra. With, with, uh, Spock's katra as opposed to the chakra, which no, chakra is another Darmok thing, too. On you. Yeah, you did. Darmok and Jalad. At Tanagra. Chakra, his eyes open? Shaka uh, when the walls fell. Shaka when the walls fell. His, 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 his eyes closed. Right? Something like that. Uh, anyway. The entire idea of... DT uh, with his bu- can empty. Ah, <laughs> uh, tragedy. <laughs> So anyway, um, your next one, because I've got one more left after this. And I and I think that no one can top what who this character is. Dude, I just talked about Mr. T. I know. And you also talked about Cisco punching an an omnipotent being in the face. So. (laughs) Well, I mean, there's a million of them. I mean. I'm going to go ahead and throw two out there because they're okay. they're similar-ish. Lovable rogues, captains of starships. Uh oh. Han Solo. Okay. Malcolm Reynolds. Ooh. Ah. <sighs> I mean, they, they, they carry all the qualities of a badass. Well, both let's, ex-soldiers. Let's, let's, jump, let's jump to Han, Han Solo, right? You're right. Yep. Ex-soldier. By the time we see him, expert pilot. Yep. Quick, quick draw gunslinger. Yep. Rogue smuggler. Smart ass. Not afraid, not afraid to... Uh, talk talk crap to others and smuggle against the the empire. Yeah, trash talker. He's afraid to get caught, but who wouldn't be? But when push comes to shove, he's a good fighter on their hands. And when yep. he got, finally gets heavily involved in the Rebel Alliance, he becomes extremely important. They give him more and more responsibility. He becomes a general. He's a guy who literally had no last name and falls in love with a princess. Gets the girl. Yeah. Okay. Has one of the best sidekicks in all of fiction. Will he be a badass, though? Who, Han Solo? Yeah. I mean, okay. Dude literally didn't think twice before shooting a half a dozen blasts at Darth Vader. This is true. And he shot Greedo first. He did. And 
And when Leia says, I love you, he goes, I know. I know. <laughs> I think that alone qualifies it. Don't cold. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> when, when surrounded in the bunker on Endor, instead of just giving up, he throws a bag of explosives and knocks a guy into the core. Yeah. <laughs> Han Solo does not go down like no bitch. No, you're right. You're right. We're fine. We're fine. Uh, Everything's fine. H- how are you? Dies into a garbage <laughs> chute. Yep. Could fly away with money and not get involved and then comes back and blasts the Sith Lord in the ass. Yep. He did do that. He took Vader off his course, I think. It's implied. <laughs> Okay, I, mean, I, what, I, I, what I agree. What do you say? I, mean, I agree. Guy, I'm right there. The guy literally will hide, try to hide from the galaxy and still get pulled back into <laughs> the a war. Massive, massive war, yeah. And then he gets killed by his son. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert, everyone. He's so badass. He's a non-force user who comes back as a force ghost. <laughs> Technically, that was Leia, but that's okay. <laughs> Which, by the way, I didn't know that at the time when I first saw the movie. Did you know that that was Leia uh, posing as as Han? I thought she had projected him to her son. Right. Okay. Hmm. We'll have to dig deeper into that at some point. I like my answer better. I like that answer, too, but because that's the better answer, probably doesn't make it right. And that's the problem. <laughs> he's such a badass that he he doesn't believe in the force and he still knows how, how it works better than most people. <laughs> that's not how it works. <laughs> not how the force works. <laughs> oh, you're cold? <laughs> Funniest lines in the entire trilogy. Yeah. Well, he is the force to get her. That's not how the force works. <laughs> oh God, that's Yoda great. coming in close second. <laughs> Skywalker, miss you. I have <laughs> page turners. <laughs> they were not. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. You know, for all the faults that Last Jedi had, there there were a couple scenes that you you definitely could get behind. Well, I could get behind Finn anytime. I just think they screwed the character. No, they we and we discussed this. He absolutely he was completely miswritten. Um, completely after after the Force Awakens, anyway. Yeah, yeah, completely. Uh, and then um, and, and, and honestly, you gotta go ahead and throw in guys like Lando Calrissian and Darth Vader because who can look cool in a cape? There's very few people who can look cool in a cape. Yeah, this is true. Have you ever seen the, uh, the, uh, the 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 meme that's like there's no air in space, so Darth Vader is actually when he's standing in Rogue One and his cape is waving, he's, like, he's using I the can, Force you, to do it. You can only dream of being that extra in that epic. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's awesome! Oh God, Star Wars is filled with badass characters. Din Djarin, badass. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay. Fennec Shand, Boba Fett. Yep. Ahsoka Tano. Wait. Oh, oh hey. Fennec Shand, yeah. And uh, Cara Dune. Nope. We Cara just Dune, got yeah. <laughs> oh, hello? Hello, I can't hear. What? Hello? Oh, crap. <laughs> okay. All right. What about Chewbacca? Malcolm? You're literally filled with in Star Wars with badasses. Malcolm Reynolds. Yes. Former soldier fighting for a losing cause. Decides, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to go out on my own. Gets his loyal band of ragtag folk. And scrounges, does what he can to survive, and despite trying to have a tough exterior, has kind of a soft heart. I feel but, like that they will showed... still shoot you in the face and kick you into the engine compartment. <laughs> I feel like that they, they, they showed a much softer side of Malcolm Reynolds throughout the entire series of Firefly, but in Serenity, he was much more cold. Oh, they... He was done. Yeah. That was it. He was just done with your shit. He <laughs> killed his he killed two of his friends. He was done with your shit. Well, I mean, before before the deaths, uh, obviously, but well, the preacher left and things were falling apart and he doesn't like when things fall apart. We know this. This is true. <laughs> it makes him angry and bitter. <laughs> According to Jewel State. So Captain Tight Pants. Is that what she called him? That's what Kaylee called him. Yeah, yeah. I forgot. It's been so long. I started watching Serenity, but the, like the first 15 minutes, then I stopped. And that was months ago. Oh, uh, you know, I mean. He's pretty badass. He's like, you know what? I'm getting to the bottom of this. And I'm going to fly through a pack of Reavers to do it. In a ship that has no weapons. <clears throat> yep. And no very shields, limited no maneuverability. Faster light travel. Nope. All they have is a leaf on the wind. Oh. Oh. Crap, what's his name? Alan Tudyk. Alan, Alan, I know it's Alan Tudyk, but what was his... Wash. What was his Wash. Oh, Wash. When, when he died... Something inside me just went cold. Did you it also was... die when K2SO died in Rogue One? No. <laughs> Not again, no! <laughs> no. Alan! <laughs> no, but when he died in Serenity, I was like, oh, man. Like, oh, that was a rough death. Uh, oh, I mean, yeah. Shepard, Shepard, I, I could write off because it was pretty much off screen. And well, you know, sad. the older mentor types always die, but you know who else right. always dies? The plucky comic relief. Yes, that's true. Someone tell Scott Grimes to watch out on the Orville. <laughs> Dude, I thought he wasn't coming back from that episode. I honestly, uh, I honestly didn't either. I thought I, they I... were going to replace him with Steve Smith. Ha, <laughs> nice. Thank you. Which I always mix up Steve and Stan. I imagine Steve being the name of a father and Stan being the, the name of the son. But I guess, I don't know. Stanley feel is probably an older name. It is. So. But 
you said you had another badass. Okay. The, the biggest badass in the MCU? The biggest one. The biggest, maybe not the strongest. Uh, badass. Okay. That's that's key here. Not the strongest. Hawkeye. No. There's cities flying. There's an army of robots, and I have a bow and arrow. None of this, <laughs> None of this makes, makes sense. sense. <laughs> you don't. You don't think they need me? I yeah. think I, they do. I think they need you. Or <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. Um, wait. How did that go? Did they? Did he say you don't think they need me, or did he like, say you don't like, think I you need know, them? Yeah, I see you, and you I see all these gods and you know, like superheroes. And he's like, "What? You don't think they need me?" She's like, "I think they do," and that's what scares me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's a deep moment there too. All right, here we go. Ready? Yeah. Peter Quill. Peter Quill. Who was abducted at the he age did shoot of a eight planet years in the old? Face. He's abducted at the age of eight years old. He has zero, zero superpowers, and he grew up with a bunch of pirates, essentially, who threatened to eat him. And yet, he was able to grow up semi well adjusted enough using his mother's uh, tapes to to keep him anchored. Well, he he had some form of morality anyway. Uh... Yes. Yes. Well, again, his mother was his, his moral moral anchor. Again, another roguish individual. But he did his own was. ship. Yep. Yep. And he stole. He's he decided to go and go after the orb him by himself, going against Yondu, who raised him practically. I'm Mary and, Poppins, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Very few but, people can pull off that phrase. Right. And he grabs the power stone. He does. He, he grabs it. He's the one that grabs it, not knowing that he was probably going to die. But he didn't and he didn't realize his background as, as a half celestial or whatever they are. Um, mm-hmm. But he was able to forge his own way in the Andromeda galaxy, which is where Guardians of the Galaxy takes place, by the way. Um, mm, yes. On his own. And he oh, fought yeah. he fought a plant he shot a planet in the face. And again, no powers. No language abilities. No no Oh, he came up with the plan to fight Thanos on Titan. That was his plan. And it would have worked if he didn't sabotage it. Mr. Lord. Yes. Please, Mr. Lord. It... Star Lord, it's fine. <laughs> Star Lord, man. Legendary outlaw. Yeah. But he was the one that came up with the plan to fight Ronan. He came up with the plan to fight Thanos. He punched the planet in the face. I, I mean, he was the one. All of that stuff worked. He came up with that plan in Infinity War in the face of Tony Stark, who's the smartest man on Earth, and Doctor Strange, who was the greatest magician or wizard in all of the universe. It was him. And the only yes. person that could interfere with that plan was himself. Which is which is how I knew they were going to lose in Infinity War. Because I inadvertently saw a spoiler from Chris Pratt's Instagram where he 
he has a picture of dozens of eggs and dozens of uh, and pounds of, of pre-cooked bacon. And he goes, as Ron Swanson says, give me all the eggs and bacon you have. And then in the first reply, it was in capital letters. Why did you punch Thanos in the face? It could have worked. I'm like, God. It's the night before I saw it. No! Yeah, yep. uh, people suck. So anyway, um, that's that's my entry for the most badass MCU character. Well, there's many badasses. I mean, you could go ahead and look at somebody like oh, Black so Widow. I would agree with that. Because she was pretty badass. badass. She was fantastic. Uh, we just started rewatching Black Widow. <laughs> and that was an amazing scene where she was getting set up in Norway and everything. And it looks like the uh, damage control or whatever was coming after her. <laughs> and it, she was in a completely different country when they got to the bathroom where a tracker was. <laughs> but she's talking to him in real time on her phone. That was pretty good. That was, that was, that was enjoyable. Yep. Pretty badass. Actually, Black Widow is a very enjoyable movie. Agreed. Agreed. It really I, should have been produced prior to um, Infinity War, though. I know. Well, you can thank Ike Perlmutter for that. That asshole. And he was. He absolutely was. Here, here's another badass. Okay, because I'm, I'm all two, tapped out I, now. I'm going to give I you two do. from the MCU. Colonel James Road. Yeah. Yeah. And where he becomes even more badass is that he still goes on to be War Machine with a broken back. <laughs> yeah. Only non member of the original six Avengers to make it through Infinity War. This is true. Because all of them were gone, right? Except, except Hulk. All the original six remained. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. You're right. He stayed. You're right. I'm sorry. But Rhodey oh, got to Man, live. it's late. <laughs> and Sam Wilson. How many times do you go for a jog and then end up becoming a superhero? <laughs> That's true. And it was only because of that jog. By virtue of that jog. Getting your ass embarrassed on the National Mall yeah. to, get to becoming the next Captain America. I did, find, I, I did find Sam Wilson to be a very comforting figure in Winter Soldier. Just the, after everything they'd been through, he's there to help them. And he immediately just is like, Captain America will do anything. <laughs> Sorry. Everybody we know is trying to kill us. Not everybody. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like saying, exactly. You, you don't need to do this. You get out for a reason. Hey, Captain America needs my help. What better is reason to get back in? You know, that kind of falls under that whole captain's orders. Yep. Ugh, now, talk so about good. a moment of bad attitude. That little nerdy guy who, refused, with a gun to his head, refuses to launch the, the satellite. Oh Just my goes, gosh! Captain's orders. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. 
<laughs> That's true. Badass oh, that was moments. good. That falls under badass moments. Yeah, he didn't. He he cowered, but he didn't back down. He stayed oh. at his post. Mm-hmm. And he even got an invite back in the Age of Ultron. In Age of Ultron. Well done, sir. Yeah. The Galaga guy didn't come back. No. <laughs> I wish they could. Oh, man. They need to bring him back again. Nice little callback or something. Would it not surprise you if he was in uh, Secret Invasion? No. I mean, we all know that Fury is putting together his own team. And he has his own mm-hmm. team in orbit somewhere. With yeah. all the scrolls, uh, <laughs> I'm really I I know what Secret Invasion is in the comics. This is a tangent. Now we got to wrap up in a minute, but um, I know what Secret Invasion is in the comics, where a lot of our main characters were taken over, body snatched essentially by the scrolls, which mm. is why Captain America got shot and killed back in 07 and whatnot. I have no idea what they're going to do with Secret Invasion now. Like, and I have it's no all idea. all about prostate exams for the Avengers. Oh, oh my God. Even, even Captain Marvel? Who do you think's doing it? Oh, God! Oh, no! <laughs> with the glowing power hands. Oh, no. Put the glowing power hand thingy away. Well, that's a secret invasion. Oh, man. Not so secret invasion. Not so secret invasion. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't and, know. See. And they, they announced they're doing Secret Wars, Avengers Secret Wars, which I guess they all Dang get transported. Dynasty and Secret Wars? Yeah, in the same year. Uh, that's insane. I, I mean, well, maybe one will take place in the movie universe, and one will be all TV shows. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, and the oh wow! And never will they meet. I mean, we know that Ms. Marvel is going to be in the Marvels, uh, but how do you how do you put in Moon Knight? And how do you put in well, Daredevil? He's, he's had a bit of a secret invasion, hasn't he? <sighs> yeah. He doesn't even know how many personalities he's got. But uh, well, it's hard to count to three. <laughs> Wait, didn't they allude to a third personality being locked up in his uh, psych- psycho was, that hospital was the dream? end credit scene? Yeah, I know it was, but they alluded to it while yeah, he was but, like talking was, to himself in the, the hospital. Personality. Yeah, that's what I think, too. Well, they announced another Captain uh, Captain America 4 starring Sam Wilson. Yep. So. I will go see it, Sam, I am. I mean, you could see how they tied everything together for Infinity War. It was it was still hard to think. But when you saw how they did it, it was brilliant. I have no idea how they're going to. I mean, there's just so many characters. You can't you can't do it cogently anymore. Coherently. They're going to try. I don't know. It'll be interesting. I mean, I'll be there. I haven't seen Thor yet. Have you? Oh, yeah. I saw it last week. I told you about my... Uh... Oh, yeah, that's right. The kids and the the crying and the... It, it was more the fact that the, the 
projector didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> I had to go to the later show. <laughs> hey, but apparently we got a ton of shit out of San Diego Comic Con. We got yeah, the we did. teaser of Picard season three where mm-hmm. we got to see what everybody looks like and I felt like I was your secret agent, like you giving you all the all these like tidbits <gasps> from <laughs> from San Diego Comic Con. Because you're not on Twitter, are you? No. No, and that yeah, that would do it. Because Facebook is not a good place for up to date information. Twitter no. is turning out to be less and less like that now too. But with their trending section, it, it still works. But Twitter still sucks too. But that's how I was getting all my info. Well, how I, I found the teaser much. for Picard season three and. Lower Deck Season 3. Oh, tell me the Lower <laughs> Deck Season 3. Just fly around admiring the pylons. J.G. Hertzler <laughs> was back as Martok in the trailer. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. You know I love J.G. Hertzler as Martok. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> he was the greatest. He's probably my favorite Klingon. So oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although, if you look at that, what is it, the Star Trek memes page that you... Sent me. It's like all Gowron eyes. Yes. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I can't even like. You can't even describe a meme that well. You just have to see it. That's the thing about a meme. There's no. The only way that it, it translates is visually. So. <laughs> but. Uh... But they played the. Th- Theme. Mm-hmm. Much like they played the theme of the next generation when the Titan came to the rescue. So good. Yeah. It no, sounded that was a very so good start beautiful. And it was a beautiful rendering of Deep Space Nine, too. They've said that there's going to be cast members from Deep Space Nine who are going to be on the se- in the season. Oh, did they? Okay. Mm. Well, that's good. So we can expect Kira. And Esri, but no Chief O'Brien. Wait, was Esri still on the, the station? Yeah. No Chief O'Brien. Was Bashir well, still on? Call, call Meany said he would come back to play O'Brien if there was a good piece for him. Oh, yeah. I mean, Call Meany. Uh, yeah, he deserves something. I else. believe Alexander Siddig would do Bashir on this in a heartbeat. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. He was horribly underused in Game of Thrones, by the way. Yes, he was. But he was in the Bad Batch. Oh, he was? Is what? A senator. Oh. Who spoke out against the Empire. Oh. Much like Brent Spiner was a senator who spoke out against the Empire in... Rebels, but turns out he was a double agent. <laughs> Did he have that high, high puck voice from Gargoyles? It was kind of a high, snooty voice. Yeah. I'm here to explain to you. No, not nasally. Kind of high fluting. Oh, high. Okay. Pompous. High regency. Yeah. Pompous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey. Well. I'm just saying, we got a lot of good news out of Comic-Con this last week. 
No, it was fun. It was it was fun to see Comic Con back. By the way, like some normalcy for once. Yeah, like, you really don't know how much you appreciate something until it's gone. And I know, I mean, it's a it's a cliche to say it, but man, like the pictures of uh, Patrick Stewart locking lips with Gates McFadden on the on the stage. Uh, <laughs> I missed that, but yeah, that, that that would have had to happen. Yeah. So oh, and it's hey. funny because it's all filmed, it's all done. They're just doing post production now. Oh yeah, they're saying that uh, you know there's going to be some epic appearances in Mandalorian season three. I guess House of the Hard Dragon do. had a whole bunch of a lot of love for that. I am not interested at all in the House of the Dragon. I'm interested because I actually read the Fire and Blood book. Yeah. What was that, like a prequel or? It's basically the history of the Targaryen dynasty. Okay, so you've got you got some background knowledge of it and everything. And I I refuse to read the books because they're not done and they're never going to get done. <laughs> Why you have to, although apparently they're gonna do a Jon Snow spinoff. Oh yay. Oh boy. You know what it would have been really you know it would be a great it, it could have been a great skit at Comic Con. He's there at Comic Con. Kit, we wanna do a spinoff about Jon Snow. I don't want it. Never wanted it. <laughs> Yeah. You know nice nothing, Kit Harrington. They hand him a huge nothing. bag of money. Okay, then. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Is he still married to... Um... Rose Leslie? Yeah. yeah. Good for yeah. them. She went from Downton Abbey to Game of Thrones. Two That's complete great. opposite ends of the spectrum. She was in Downton Abbey. First season only, though, right? He came back in like this fifth season or something in a guest starring role in an episode. We saw we, we I finally finished the whole season series of Downton Abbey and the first movie. Mm, and we yes. missed the movie in the theater. We need to we're going to watch it on demand because we do enjoy that. We enjoy Downton Abbey. Oh, that's what I can say. It, it's enjoyable. It, it's because it's well written. And you have to oh, pay yeah. attention to it. Like oh, every yeah. single sentence means something. The acting's excellent. They they hired some killer actors, and a lot of them who hadn't had a big profile before have gone on to a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. Mr. Bates. <laughs> I love Bates. Bates was one of my favorite characters. I think the movie finally redeemed him. Bates? Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was thinking of uh, Mr. Barrows. Tom? Yeah. Yeah, Tom Barrows. He, he would I, have I feel like the movie Thomas redeemed Barrow. him a lot. Thomas Barrow had moments. Like, at the very beginning, he was just really not likable you at all. You wanted him gone. You wanted yeah, him gone. And every now and then, you'd see these sides where he's just a tortured soul. Yep. But Didn't excuse yeah. his behavior, though. No, you can be a tortured soul for good reason, but still be an a-hole. So <laughs> needless to say. 
was it was a show I was not expecting to get into. I figured my no. wife would like it. Got some of the DVDs. We sit down to watch, and I got hooked. I'm like, this is some good storytelling. Yeah. It was, yeah. Because in high school and college, we read shit like, oh, here, read some more Jane Austen and the Bronte sisters. I'm like, oh, God, why do I want to read another book about whiny rich people? Yep. Oh, kill me now. <laughs> I think these are better. Yeah. Amazing. No, they were great. They were great. So, well, on that note, I think we finished our sci-fi. We finished our sci-fi podcast on Downton Abbey. So, yes. <laughs> anything else you'd like to add, DT? Mr. Kaufman? <laughs> Lord Kaufman. Lord Kaufman. <laughs> Oh, man. That's true. You were an officer. So. <laughs> Are an officer. You never. You never. You never lose that. No. My, my apologies. So <laughs> but. I will say this. I enjoyed this episode. And I have a feeling there should be a part two at some point. Because I know we're going to wake up tomorrow morning and go, shit. Forgot this guy. <laughs> Forgot her. Well, okay. So let's leave that to the listeners. Hey, if you have other suggestions to this, you guys can reach us at those sci-fi guys on Twitter. Uh, or if you want to do the old-fashioned email, uh, those sci-fi guys at gmail.com. Um, yeah. And we do accept ravens. Ravens, you accept ravens. I don't want any ravens over my property. Are you kidding me? Why? Because of their foul attitude? Yes, yes, they're, they're absolute foul. So, <laughs> on that note, everybody, <laughs> until the next time, you guys keep dreaming, we'll keep working. So long, everybody. We'll see you on the high ground, folks. Those Sci-Fi Guys is an independent broadcast by Alpha Sight Productions, produced by DT Cavman and P.S. McKay. Music courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. For more information on upcoming episodes, follow P.S. McKay on Twitter at P.S. McKay, or go to thosesci-fi-guys.com for past episode information.